Today we're going to talk about the potential next wave of the cannabis industry as we're starting to see massive amounts of money. Uh, three, four years ago, I was talking about stupid money coming in the industry, dumb valuations just, just coming in because they don't have any other place to put it. Kind of at that point where you're seeing massive valuations in crypto, uh, all-time highs in the stock market, where else, where else are you going to put the money? Cannabis. $200 million. We're talking about a quarter billion dollar blank check company. Uh, talk about how Hexo has made some acquisitions. Cookies is entering Europe, the UK, Austria with partnerships. And so we're going to have a, a half dozen things that we're going to talk about in terms of what makes a brand valuable. All coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So there's a specialty purpose acquisition corp or a SPAC. It's basically a blank check company. They've got a quarter billion dollars that they've had. It's a California-based company raising money um, privately and publicly, uh, initially privately, and now they are going public on NASDAQ under the ticker symbol CNGLU. Uh, so they don't really have any like direct purpose other than just kind of going out and finding opportunities to make money. So they're diving in. That's a huge um, opportunity for a lot of companies. Um, some that are just local and haven't expanded aren't going to be able to take advantage of this. Others that have kind of expanded into their region, um, you know, throughout California, for example, or throughout the U.S., or even internationally, they're going to be what uh, what's called a best in class, looking at multi uh, state operators uh, in key markets globally, from cultivation to production, processing, uh, productization, that's branding and, and um, manufacturing, and then a sales and distribution. Distribution is huge. You can have all of the, the names you want with celebrities and otherwise, but without distribution, it means nothing. And so I think that's a huge part that the industry is failing to realize is that without um, more channels to get your products out there, uh, you're going to start to see declining sales. It's already been happening, declining wholesale prices, declining transactions um, as we kind of hit peak um, peak sales until we can get new SKUs like ready to drink RTDs. I've been talking about that for a while. So we got to have to get this, this next wave of, of cannabis and this blank check company is going to be uh, the beginning of a new cycle that we're seeing as companies go public, acquire assets, grow markets. Uh, I had a guy come in that owns an insurance company, knows nothing about the cannabis industry, wanted to give, uh, give me a budget of $30 million. And then his main target was Oklahoma. I mean, not that against Oklahoma, but with 7,500 licenses, I don't want to dig uh, twice the hole I would have to uh, from someone in, in Oregon that only has 3,000 licenses. It's m good luck finding the equivalent of the TJ's Organics or allowed with Jesse Horton. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they exist. I know they exist in Oklahoma, but that's what you have to find in order to make it successful in that kind of marketplace. Not interested in being a turnaround company. Uh, so ultimately that didn't work out. But people like that are coming in by the droves. And so what are they looking for? Uh, we're going to kind of get into that. Hexo made some acquisitions recently, trying to streamline its operations. They were heavy into like automation for a while and then kind of needed to expand uh, their revenue source, uh, if you will. Xenobis was one uh, acquisition they made. It's a licensed Canadian cultivar of medical and uh, rec cannabis um, valued at about $235 million. 
uh, 48 North, licensed cannabis producer and portfolio of products valued at 50 million. Ready Can, uh, privately owned licensed cannabis producer, 400 million. Uh, crazy valuations. You know, when you look at like high times and how little they were valued, buying up Dope Magazine for like 11 million, it's nothing. Uh, and then Wanna Brands getting 300 million for an edible line. I mean, that's stupid money. One edible company getting 300 million is more than. All of this, uh, well, with the exception of Ready Can, but a lot of money being thrown out there. So um, let's take a look at you know some of the things that they're trying to look at. Obviously, leadership being one of them. They're bringing in Morrison Coors Beverage, uh, joint venture with them, uh, trying to make probably ready ready to drink beverages. Uh, not like uh, Tilray. Tilray is an absolute joke. Thinking that they're going to make uh, whiskey infused THC. Uh, Brandon Kennedy doesn't know the first thing about cannabis. Luckily, he's on the board and not running the company after their uh, disastrous merger that lost them probably half of their uh, clients because they didn't really have a brand to begin with, trying to sell the soccer moms. And when that when the company sold, uh, people found other products, right? So you don't want to throw in a bunch of uh, ridiculous uh, branding and partnerships that aren't going to work out. You know, if you know your history, you're going to go back to Time Warner AOL. If you don't even know what AOL is, Google it. It's like the MySpace. Uh, it was going to be the biggest thing ever, and then it failed. So a lot of people are going to get suckered into some of these mergers, think that they're big, and then uh, down the road, they're worth absolutely nothing. We've already talked many, many times about the billion-dollar write-off from Aurora, the $3 billion write-off from Canopy. That's not going to stop because people don't know what they're doing. People like Tilray, who think they're going to get alcohol and cannabis, they're absolutely clueless about the industry uh caveat and tour that's buyer beware i wouldn't touch their stock i trade it all day long uh but they're going out buying their own stock back then it's absolutely ridiculous wouldn't touch their money with you know wouldn't buy their stock with your money looking at a uh, burner uh cookies very very well established brand because of the cultivar because of the uh genetics and the respect um to terpene content and things that make flour important to people to give them the experience they want to come back for more that's what's missing in the industry no one cares about burner the rapper just like they don't care about a snoop dog or anything else i've mentioned many times that um there's people in washington state that have had to leave uh, because no one cares. I don't care what market you're in. Celebrity cannabis doesn't work. If you think it does, uh, you're probably new to the industry. Um, or you're very, very niche and you think that Leaf by Snoop is really popular in that one zip code in LA. Doesn't matter. It's not. Uh, Willie Nelson left Washington. People don't care. That's the bottom line. Why did they care about Burner? Great genetics. Keep coming back for more because it's consistently reliable uh, and it's you know, fire or whatever you want to call it. So uh, cannabis cookies announcing their international expansion into Europe with an Israeli based medical cannabis company called or medical marijuana company called intercure multi year deal. Um, so they're going to establish cookie stores and medical cannabis pharmacies in Austria and the United Kingdom in early 2022. That's huge. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna take see this is this is why people in Washington state make my hair go gray is because they didn't expand. They didn't have first mover advantages. All you have to do is have a really good product and look at expanding and getting, uh, no one is doing this. No brand has yet expanded internationally like this. And this is going to be, 
uh, the number one brand in the world, not only because of the consistency, the reliability, um, the strains that consistently have that funk and become super popular out of California, leading the trends um, into Colorado and then finally making their way into you know, the Pacific Northwest uh, is, is you know, brands like cookies. And when they're the first mover advantages into Europe and, and uh, all over the world, man, they're going to be the Coca-Cola of cannabis. Um, so like them or not, uh, they are doing it right and they're moving quickly. And if people don't emulate this, they're not going to be, they're going to be the tab of the soda world. You know, they're going to be nothing. No one's going to want them. They're going to be a fad and they're going to go away. There's only a, a small group of every single brand out there. How many, how much uh, shelf space is there, right? Think about that. Um, cookies is running away with it. This is ridiculous. Um, so good on them. Let's take a look at a few things that are defining brand value throughout the cannabis space. Looking at some red flags being number one in the financial, um, you know, whether that's uh, their balance sheet statement, uh, balance sheet income statement, uh, cash flow, or statement of retained earnings. If you're in there and you're actually looking and doing your due diligence, which most investors don't, they don't. You think they do and you think they're smart. They're not. They're just, they got money. They don't care and they throw money at stuff. I've seen it. Um, they're not, they don't do their due diligence most of the time at all, but, uh, the ones who do, uh, are going to find some red flags and, and look at those financials. They're also going to look at management. You don't want somebody like, uh, med men who are going to run away and buy $26 million mansions. You don't want somebody who knows what they're doing or is smart enough to hire somebody who does. And that's very rare that those things happen, uh, because of founder syndrome, people get in their own way and, and have roadblocks. So, um, people when looking at defining brands are looking for red flags for financials and management of the brands. And, um, obviously, uh, that's going to prevent some streamlining acquisitions from happening. The second thing that some of these uh, companies are looking at when either uh, merging or, uh, acquiring or expanding is knowing what makes their brand or product uniquely competitive, including intellectual property. And there's um, reports out there right now that even Coca-Cola doesn't have the uh, you know, brand value from their intellectual property built into their stock price. So it's discounted. I don't even think anyone's thinking about IP as term, in terms of value in the cannabis space yet. Um, you've got stupid companies out there ripping off uh, people stealing their IP, thinking that that's cool or neat or whatever. And it's just, it's um, immature and uh, no brand is going to live long doing that. Um, so intellectual property is going to provide long-term competitive advantages and the ability to diversify revenue through licensing. That's exactly what Cookies is doing. They're licensing to this Israeli company who's opening those stores with their name. So Moving on to it. Number three on this uh, list of six things that give brand value is to find out who the brand competes with and whether or not its brand messaging stands out among other target consumers. Cannabis companies don't even have money for branding yet. They're just trying to you know, get things out there. Maybe they have a billboard or some uh, strategy that isn't complete or uh, well thought out. Um, but branding, getting your name out there is really, really expensive. So companies out there are spending hundreds of thousand dollars per market per month just to have name recognition. Um, sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes when you're like, you know, cookies and, and your name speaks for itself, 
uh, that's all you need. But for everybody else to try to compete uh, who don't have the genetics or management or understanding of the industry, they do have the capital and, and uh, they're going to be coming in with a quarter billion dollars and spending a stupid amount of money on terrible product. Uh, but you're going to be seeing it a lot, right? Like Budweiser spends a ton of money on the Super Bowl commercials. It's not a good product. A lot of people drink it because it's easily accessible. It's out there. It's cheap. It's affordable. Uh, and they've been able to uh, get that brand messaging to target consumers. And um, the, they just feel connected to that brand in one way or another. Um, the brand needs to fit within the portfolio of the company, though. So that's number four. Goals of that acquisition or growth should be aligned with the existing brands and industry trends. So that's called accretive. Uh, dilutive is when it doesn't work out. Accretive is when it's better together than separate. So that's kind of a no-brainer there. Uh, number five is to ensure that the brand that's established rational buying behavior with their consumers. You don't want a Tilray who isn't connected to soccer moms and doesn't know what they're doing and they don't have a target market or uh, established uh, a good buying behavior with their consumers. And so when that merger happened with Tilray, uh, everybody went away. It was like between a third and two thirds of the consumers are, are fleeing as we speak. So successful brands are going to establish that by hooking the consumers on products or functional attributes like uh, THC or taste, texture, price, terpene, something that's going to keep them coming back. But ultimately understanding the most loyal to those brands Um you know, you don't have loyal customers, you got nothing. So the sixth and final thing is that brands need to stand the test of time by building that emotional and social benefits to their marketing strategy after establishing rational buying decisions amongst consumers. And that's traditional marketing is to go out and really, you know, pull up the heartstrings and say, you connect with this brand because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and that's going to require traditional professional marketing and a massive budget in order to do that, to follow the likes of Hexo and Burner and expand and scale and um, acquire and merge. Uh, or on the flip side, be a target for that quarter billion dollars coming into the industry um, and creating value long term beyond just any acquisition. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Tilray and be irrelevant. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.